On this episode of the iFilmmaker podcast, we're talking about the new Canon C70 with Joshua Martin. Welcome back to another episode of the iFilmmaker podcast. My name is Ariel Martinez. Today we have Mr. Joshua Martin joining us on the podcast, and we're talking about this exciting new release from Canon, the new C70, a camera that looks very, very enticing, especially if you love Canon colors, if you're a big fan, this seems like a very, very good camera, but we're going to break it down with Joshua Martin now. On the show, we have a very, very good conversation, and it, it, we just have a ton of fun talking about gear here on the podcast. Before we get started on that, just want to remind you guys that we do currently have a giveaway. If you heard our last episode with Mark Brown on Editor's Keys Keyboards, we're doing a giveaway with Editor's Keys Keyboard. We're giving away one backlit illuminated keyboard, which is the one that I use for your editor of choice and five covers for your keyboard. So six of you have a chance to win one of these items. And all you have to do is go over to iTunes and rate our podcast, the iFilmmaker podcast, leave us a rating, preferably five stars, and send us a screenshot over to ifilmmakerpodcast at gmail.com and be entered for a chance to win one of these items. For those of you that have been joining us over on Patreon, we appreciate your support. Thank you so much. And on Facebook as well. You guys have been fantastic being active there. And we invite anyone and everyone that is not yet a part of our Facebook group, go and join us over there on the iFilmmaker group page. But with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into our conversation with Joshua Martin about the new Canon C70. Mr. Joshua Martin, welcome back to the iFilmmaker podcast, man. It's been a while. How you doing? Good, man. Crazy, crazy year 2020 has been. Mm-hmm. what's the latest what's the latest what have you been up to i know you're working you've been shooting on the z cam a lot i yeah. love the rig i love it from <laughs> from my buddy ross thomas also the the rigs always look really nice though yeah absolutely yeah i've been um doing quite a bit of stuff in the last three months um still having my full-time job with uh notre dame i'm the filmmaker for communications uh, for the marketing communications department there so we've been pretty busy with little things. Um, and then my stuff, Joshua Martin Studios, um, finished wrapping up two films, a documentary and a an experimental film, I guess you can say. Um, so I'm currently in post-production for those, but uh, it's been a lot of hours editing, a lot of hours shooting on the Z-Cam. I eventually had to get, get out my long review because there's a lot to talk about with that camera. But right, yeah, still... Uh, Still here, still alive, still kicking, being a father, being a husband. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So 2020 has been a year that has been incredible for camera releases. It's been bizarre. I've never seen this many releases in one year. There's so many great releases also. Yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. it's been insane. It's not done. <laughs> We're still no. not done. That's insane. The C70 looks freaking awesome. Yeah. It looks like, really, really good. I'm not a huge fan of Canon colors when it comes to video. But, oh, are you uh, not? I'm not. I, I, okay. I, haven't been, I haven't been on. Is this something 
it's true to life, but it's so vivid. Like the, if if you're just pushing it naturally, it's very vivid. And I'm not sure. a huge fan of vivid colors. But what's interesting for me about the C70 is the the way the sensor um, one to sixteen stops the dynamic range. That's uh, pretty impressive. And how they're doing is similar to what Ari does and. Um, having the two, I think it's like a two gain output. They yeah, the dual dual gain, uh, dual gain output. Yeah, yeah. So you know, capturing the highlights and then capturing the low noise and then stitching it together. That's very that's impressive. that's crazy impressive. Yeah, I gotta admit, I I was a little jelly man. I was like, <laughs> dang, I just got the FX nine, but I got but I but I gotta be very honest. Yesterday, you know, this happened two days ago, and then yesterday. I went out to do some more test footage with the new LUTs that my friend Joel Famularo created. For I didn't realize you were friends with him, by the way. Huh? I didn't realize you were friends with oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super great guy. Yeah. Um, and I went to play with him, and I was like, I'm just drooling. Cause, and I also got a new lens and stuff, so I'm still like building up my new oh. gear. And I was like, man, big smile on my face. I'm like, all right, I don't regret this. What? Not even <laughs> one bit. The footage is so damn good. But no, with the C70, I'm sure that footage is really good too. Yeah, it's the same the sensor as the C300 Mark III. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that one, you know, great camera as well. Yeah. I think I think it's the FX9 and C300 that are, that are basically competitors. You can't go wrong with either one though. It's a very interesting camera. It's uh I think the style is very interesting. It's a hybrid. It's, yeah. it's like a 1DX had a baby with a, with a, <laughs> a can of C200, C300, something like that. So it looks like it, from the front and stuff, it looks like a, a beefed up 1DX Mark II. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beefy with the flip out screen. Like they have the benefits of the 1DX Mark II form factor. Yeah. With the uh, qualities of the C300 Mark III. Yeah. Like image quality and stuff like that. And it looks fantastic. So so once um the RF lens mount came out a few what two years ago three years ago now okay the RF when the RF the, mount lens when the, the RF, RF when mount. the R came out the OSR no RF the mount mount the new mount what, system. right wasn't that introduced with the EOS R the R so that's what three two years ago something like that anyway. yeah yeah um, I didn't realize how kind of revolutionary that mount is because of the one the flange distance. And the amount of different lenses you can actually put on it for the adapters and whatnot. So um, I was I was kind of us hesitant and just unsure, like, okay, what's the benefit? The R mount, the R glass. R glass is freaking beefy in terms of like it being a still lens. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, they're massive. Um, so I, natively, I wouldn't go that route, but the R, RF mount is pretty um, pretty interesting to to throw in different types of lenses and adapters. Yeah, on. I mean, a lot of people are really digging the rf lenses from mm. the new rf lenses from canon they're extremely expensive but you know i guess they have their place one thing about this new so they have this new adapter um ef to rf the, adapter uh, that yeah. it's essentially a speed booster mm-hmm. right so a 0.71 i think yeah right essentially it's a speed booster which is super interesting like that definitely gets my attention as well but one of the things that i found very interesting was that people keep saying that this adapter and through the it has glass that basically mm-hmm. widens out the image 
Mm-hmm. It has glass, just like the speed booster widens out your image, essentially it turns mm-hmm. it into a full frame lens. But yeah, full frame but people good. keep saying that it makes the image sharper, which I always found yeah. interesting. Who's saying that? So, <laughs> I mean, my friend Matt Johnson said it, but it's, you know, he's saying what really? Canon is saying. Canon is also saying it's, it's really Canon that's saying it. See, the RF okay. lens, uh, I'm sure it's somewhere here. But definitely they're saying that it makes the image sharper. And I'm thinking, how is that possible? You're adding glass. How are you making yeah. the image sharper? Yeah. And I always knew that every time I used my speed booster, I was losing, even if it's not noticeable, I'm losing some sort of sharpness. Because once you keep adding glass, your mm-hmm. image only degrades, if anything, in terms of sharpness, yeah. in terms of sharpness. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's, I mean, that's what I, I wonder understand. If- I wonder if this is this is going down the rabbit sure. hole. I wonder if the adapter is communicating to the camera to digitally sharpen. Yeah, that's a different story. If that if that's declared, yeah. That's I mean, the, I can make my image sharper thing. too in camera. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's like because because I need to actually see that. T- I know CVP they did an extensive test and I watched it. Um, yeah. A few days ago, so I need to probably watch that over. It, but yeah, any speed booster with any type of glass in between your sensor lens is going to lessen the sharpness. So I'm curious what happened there. So there's a lot of mixed emotions about the XLR inputs. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, it's a mini. So it has right? the mini XLR inputs, right? At first, a lot of people were complaining. They're like, "Oh, why mini XLR? Why can't we have full size XLR?" Which I kind of agree with. I get it. And then there are a lot of people that I hear like, guys, mini XLR is the same thing. It's still grounded. It's still good quality. Get mini XLR cables. And yeah, the, and the, normally I would agree. But do you have a uh-huh. microphone that connects to mini XLR? So what it is, you get it. So I had this had this with the Blackmagic. The Blackmagic had, had, sorry, the Blackmagic Pocket had a mini XLR. So you just get the adapter to a full Right, HD, but uh, full I mean, XLR. that could apply to everything. So, and my thing is the less adapters you use, the better. That's, that's just, right. It, that's just yeah. another place where something can go wrong, you know? Right. And I, yeah. So, so saying that I would, I think Canon missed an opportunity to put the, XLR, a full XLR, and the mount that the the handle mount that mm. they include, um, because that's what you know Sony does. That's what really that's what Sony does because it's a similar handle. Um, they could have built like the because right now the audio um, ports are in the back of the side, not audio ports. The controls are in the back right, of the screen, right? right? So they could have they could have easily put. A full XLR, like two of them at the top of that and fed it through there. Does, does um, Canon have, so does the C70, okay, I see here that Canon has the MA40 microphone adapter. So you can adapt it via a hot shoe mount. I'm assuming this is meant to be hmm. worked with the uh, like EOS R5 or the R or the yeah, R6 yeah. or whatever. Anything yeah. with an electronic hot shoe mount, right? Same thing that Sony has, 500 bucks pretty reasonable so i guess that'll remedy that for an extra 500 dollars. just get that unit if you really want to use the full Mm -hmm. size xlr but i guess i agree and i disagree with the whole xlr thing personally all my microphones require full size xlr and i don't want to be using adapters an adapter it's just another place where something can go wrong that's my own personal opinion but you know if you if you're youtubing like a professional you know when you're doing uh, professional work, which I want to say mm-hmm. this is 
probably what this is pointed toward professional work or maybe higher end yeah. YouTubers that are willing to spend the money to, to buy, to use <laughs> this for YouTube, but this is a professional camera. YouTube, yeah. This is no, this is yeah. not meant for YouTubing. <laughs> and another thing, a lot of people were saying, a lot of people were mentioning that this is a good B cam for the cinema line. I'm like, well, this is a good A cam for anything else. It's funny. I heard more B cam yeah. than A cam for this camera. Yeah, I, it's kind of wild. One thing, though, I, I'm questioning Canon is why did they go with SD cards? From yeah, I noticed that too. That that was that was strange to me. A dual SD card slot. Um, that means that they're compressing I mean, like, their footage. Like it's you're not gonna get the full range. Right. You could have um, easily added the CFast Express, the like X, uh, or the um, yeah CFast Express. C, yeah, right. The, the newer, CFast Express, just like the A7S2 has. Three, I mean A7S3. Mm -hmm. And doesn't the Canon R5 does too? Isn't there? No. Yes. Is it a dual? I yes, it was it's, like, it's two yeah, SD different and ones. CFast, right? It's CFast mm -hmm. Express and regular SD, which mm -hmm. is another point mm -hmm. of frustration for people. But I mean, I guess that's a plus because you don't have to get new media or yeah, spend more. Yeah, money no, I'm sure you're. But, I'm sure you're getting really good footage regardless. Yeah, but it's, it was a weird. I didn't expect that from from what this camera can offer. All right, it has uh, only HDMI out, no SDI out. And I'm surprised it's not modular. Like the idea what they brought with the uh, Canon C300 and the 500, they, you know, they have those modular backs that you can attach. Yeah. That would have been kind of cool to see this <clears throat> in a smaller form factor and have like a SDI full XLR port so you can yeah. test the back, right? That would have been, yeah, but been that cool. would be asking too much from Canon. <laughs> for 5500 I think this is pretty good for Canon considering Canon yeah and yeah. their history can you imagine I haven't seen it yet that port opens and it's a mini USB cable <laughs> uh, can it yeah. output raw no it no does not, it does not output raw nope it's the highest codec you can get is 4k but uh, DCI I, at um but uh, not even externally? No, uh uh. It's only FX, sorry, XFAVC. That's the highest recording codec you have. But, like, you know how the R5 outputs, mm -hmm. you can get ProRes RAW. They did not the advertise it. Nope. No. It's, it's not even here, re recording settings on, on the site. There's no <sighs> RAW. See, look, the video compression is only, yeah, XFAVC and then MPEG 4, 10 bit, and 8 bit. That's it. I now I'm starting to realize because I haven't had a Canon mm -hmm. since I first started with the T3i, mm -hmm. um. But I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see where the term, you know, the Canon cripple hammer. <laughs> I, I first started hearing it with camera conspiracies that he says it a lot. In his, that guy <laughs> He's is so hilarious. He is that guy is funny. hilarious. The Canon <laughs> cripple hammer. But now I see why. Oh my god. Well, imagine this. If this had. If this had raw, right, then you eat into your C200 Mark II. Of, of course. Right? That has 12-bit raw, cannons, raw light, whatever it's called. And it's at a cheaper price, right? Um, just a different form factor. So they had to cut it somewhere. You know, sl swing that hammer somewhere, right? But they have too many products that are way too similar. They're like, it's way too many they products do. that are way too, too close. They all blend. I, I put out a video yesterday. 
that wasn't well received at first because of the title, in my opinion. Mm. The title of it, the C- Canon C70, Canon's big mistake. And it was kind of misleading. It was kind of misleading because it wasn't like a huge mistake that Canon did. They knew what they were doing. So basically mm-hmm. the point in that video that I was making was that <clears throat> Canon released the R5 just a few months ago and it had his big issues. The headline features that they had was internal AK raw recording, 4K 120 frames per second, which is what obviously got everyone's attention to begin with. And then they had, you know, 20 minute record limits on both of those main headline features. I was one of the defenders of Canon when that first happened. I was, I was, I I was telling everybody, I was, you know, out there kind of fighting for Canon saying, listen, they're being upfront with us. They're being transparent. They're letting us know these limitations. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing that the camera was even overheating, even in regular 4K, 24 frames per second. Then I'm like, all right, guys, have at it. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't defend you (laughs) guys. Can't defend that anymore. Yeah, I can't. There's no way. How are you going to have a camera that overheats at regular 4K, 24 frames per second? And then later it showed, it was revealed that the camera was artificially overheating. Mm -hmm. Basically, Canon put its limit on it and Mm -hmm. calling it overheating, Mm -hmm. which it really, it wasn't overheating. Everyone that was using the camera was saying, this camera is not hot. The camera is cool to the touch. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. And basically, someone in China, I think, figured out that they kind of hacked the camera. They removed the limitation. Oh, wow. So so it was was software based? Right. So they removed whatever code they put into the camera to make it stop doing that. And they're mm-hmm. able to record continuously AK raw 120 raw. I mean, not raw 120 4K mm-hmm. continuously with no problem. But it's a hack that you're going to have to do to the camera. Jeez. But that's when people started figuring out. So Canon did the purpose. You know, that's when reports came out. Canon came out with a statement that said, we don't uh, artificially limit our cameras. But it's like, what else would you call it? You know, the guy removed the limit. The camera is not melting. Mm -hmm. So people were really upset about this. So moving forward, sorry. And I'm just, I just want to kind of give the the layout of what's been happening here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving forward, they recently came out with a new firmware update. Everyone was hopeful about this. They were all excited saying, all right, great. They're going to remove these limits or give us longer record times, whatever. They added five more minutes of record time. Everyone's like, (laughs) if the camera was really, first of all, if the camera was really overheating, they wouldn't have been able to add that. Right. Exactly. Um, So they added five more minutes of record time in this latest firmware. And, you know, this is of today, Monday, September 28th. Um, And so, (laughs) so they added five more minutes. People are a little upset. Then the Canon C70 dropped. And this is where we're like, that is why they're not letting this go. There's mm-hmm. no way that they're going to let this go because the C70 is only a $1,500 yeah. difference. Mm-hmm. People are willing to pay that much more to get a good. So they would lose the video market. They would, for the R5, nobody that plans to do video yeah. will not get yeah. the R5 for video. Exactly. That's why I don't understand that move of releasing the R5 right now. Great. I understand. I understand the R6. <clears throat> the R6 is nice. It's 2500. Yeah. 
Yeah, I Is understand that. 25, 2600, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, around that price. Because right so, now, I don't know I don't know who the R5 is for. Like, who are they targeting? It's a great photography camera. Really mm. good. Photographers are, are Google eyes over it. And for good reason. It's a great camera. And by the way, for the record, the R5 is a great, great camera. Mm. The footage is beautiful. Beautiful footage. I'm not ragging on that. That's not, you know, there's a lot of fanboys out there. Um that always get like they feel like personally attacked when we attack like i never feel personally attacked when somebody attacks sony or the fx9 for that matter oh wait just wait till you get into the z cam world <laughs> that's uh, that's, a little, that's a little dangerous there <laughs> oh man so um basically i mean it's a it's a great camera for pictures for stills but mm. not for video yeah it's not reliable it's, it's, it's limited extremely limited it's, it's not reliable it's simply like not reliable can you imagine going to a paid gig hoping that your camera lasts no nope that's not professional you can't do that no who in the heck would do that no if you want to get it for youtube fine you know recording a skip line line skip mode or whatever mm-hmm. you know but you're missing out that's an overpriced video camera yeah so sony sony has decided to cripple all of their alpha 6300 60 mm-hmm. with with the with the that a7c frame. yeah that full frame one yeah so i and just that's going for what, 1800 bucks yeah it's pretty pricey yes. i i just <laughs> sold which i guess it's you know full frame i i just sold my i mean i sold everything but I just sold my A6600. Really nice camera, too. Mm-hmm. But no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But now that I'm buying all full-frame glass, I'm starting to realize, my goodness, it's really hard to find good stuff, like in terms of like yeah. availability. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for a really nice 16-millimeter F1.8 full-frame lens. Can't find one. Photo lens? Yeah. That's why you, you shoot a photo lens. I had a... No, yeah, I'm definitely taking advantage of this autofocus. The this, autofocus, yeah. This thing yeah. is... It's, re- it's, it's good. Mm-hmm. Josh, I got to tell you, man, this FX9 is... Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. This I thing know. has been on my eye. I'm looking at it. It does not leave my eye. That's crazy. That's one less thing to think about, man. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. So for this, obviously, it has to be quiet a quiet lens for this for the podcast oh, yeah, and stuff yeah, like that for yeah, my yeah, youtube yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. using the what tam- are you shooting on now <clears throat> right now is the tamron 17 to 28 okay i would like just a tad bit a l- just a little bit wider just so you can at least see the desk and whatnot that it's here mm-hmm. um looks mm-hmm. nice it's a new color um, it's not black <laughs> nice. anymore it's uh brown wood mm-hmm. so it mm-hmm. has nice contrast but but yeah, man, it's not, it doesn't exist. I really loved the 16 mm. millimeter F1.4 Sigma lens, the contemporary lens. Oh yeah. And that's for crop It's cameras, Yeah, crop it's for crop frame yeah. cameras yeah, yeah. It's for Super 35, APS-C, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they don't have something like that for full frame. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it looks like everything. Not even a, not even a G Master? No. They have, mm. well, they have a 14. I think they have a 14. They have a 14, but 
I think what I have found is like crazy expensive. I think they have so Samyang has a okay, Samyang has a 14 millimeter f2.8, but I kind of wanted a little more shallow. Sigma has a 14 millimeter f1.8. They do full frame, full frame for Sony E mount, mm. full frame, sixteen hundred dollars. That's a little steep for YouTube. Yeah, but I mean, I guess yeah. I could keep it in my art, but I've never paid that much money for a prime lens. I gotta see. Anyways, man, this has been a pretty good episode. We'll, we'll have you back on when we have the FX6 come out with the specs, and we can really discuss yeah. that camera for sure. Get my hands see, on uh, mm-hmm. where we go from there. Yeah. Dude, thanks so much for coming on. What? How Absolutely, can people find bro. you again? Yeah, so my handle on Instagram is Joshua Martin Studios. Um, same thing as my website, JoshuaMartinStudios.com, and YouTube, Joshua Martin Studios. So that's where you can find me. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Joshua Martin. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. We can really get into some gear talk. And here's a little secret. That was literally half of our conversation for the purpose of the podcast and for the purpose of keeping keeping things concise. I had to cut out a lot of the other gear talk that we ran into just because we love gear so much. We can talk about this all day, but we definitely deviated from the topic many times. I had to take some time and really edit this episode down to the very nitty gritty, but it's so much fun. However, I will be posting, if you're interested, I will be posting the entire episode, unedited version of it on our YouTube channel. So check that out. If you are just interested in hearing us babble about all the gear, what lens I want to use for YouTubing and whatnot, and just, we go off the rails talking about gear and so you can just check it out on our, on our youtube channel it'll be unedited on there but thank you guys for tuning in once again remember we are currently doing a giveaway i'll be announcing the winner of the winners actually because remember there's six items i'll be announcing the six winners on our next episode of the iFilmmaker podcast now remember it's a backlit illuminated keyboard very nice. I love my backlit illuminated keyboard. Editor's Keys has really helped me speed up my editing workflow. It's just amazing to have all of the shortcuts right here displayed, color coordinated and everything right in front of you. So that's awesome to have. I encourage you guys enter this giveaway. Just all you have to do once again is go over to iTunes, leave us a review, preferably a five-star review. Let us know how much you are absolutely loving this podcast and you don't listen to any other podcast but this podcast. Then send us a screenshot of that review over at ifilmmakerpodcast at gmail.com and you will be entered for a chance to win one of these awesome items. Thank you to Editors Keys and Mark Brown for supporting this giveaway. It's awesome, so much fun, and a lot of you have already done it. And thank you so much for listening to this episode and we will see you on the next one.